Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you again for allowing us the opportunity to look at your truth, your word, what you have given us to navigate this storm, to allow us to walk according to the purpose that you placed on this earth for those who choose to follow you. We thank you for keeping us from all dangers seen and unseen. We thank you for giving us grace and mercy, which is undeserving. We thank you for sending your Holy Spirit to help us be able to walk in your will, to understand your will, to teach us the things that we need to know and the things that you call us to do. We thank you for grace. We thank you for peace. We thank you for the love that you have shown us all throughout our life. We give you the glory and the honor. In your holy name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. You know, when you look around the world today, uh, you see that it has never been this dark. It's never been this evil. You know, it may have been in certain parts of the world where there was just wars or chaos or hunger. But all over the planet, there's complete darkness. Morality is upside down. Hatred is everywhere. People in power are lying, deceiving, and even being upfront with their deceptive plans and things that they want to do to, you know, ultimately stay in power, control people, destroy people. And unfortunately, this has created the idea for many people to live either in fear or uh, blind to what's going on in the world. And when you take this information, this this understanding, and you bring it to uh, a lot of people who say they are in the faith, they say, well, you know what? I'm with Jesus, I believe, and I'm good to go. The problem with that statement is that belief is not exactly what many people think it is. Who read the Bible, who go to church, who grew up in churches. Belief actually requires us to boldly do what we believe. Faith is actually works. It requires us to take action in the things that we say we believe in. And if we don't, according to the Bible, we really don't have faith. You know, John speaks on it, Paul, Jesus, you know, the, all the apostles talk about how, you know, calling on the name of the Lord, you'll be saved. And these single scriptures that are taken, a lot of times out of context, is used as a false sense of security that many people have in the faith or who at least say they are in the faith. In Romans 10, 13, Paul says that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. I firmly believe this to be true. But I also believe, without a shadow of a doubt, that salvation requires us to believe and act out what we believe. And the reason I can validly say this is because Jesus taught of several parables in the Bible. In fact, it was seven parables where he teaches on who's actually going to make it into heaven and who's not. Who is going to look like they're going to get into heaven, but they're actually not. 
because they say they believe, and though they may have some actions, they're actually not walking out totally what they believe. And God willing, I'm going to do uh, a series on the seven parables that Jesus talked about and break down each one of these parables to show you what heaven will actually look like. Because no one else can really explain it to you better than Jesus Christ. He is the son of the living God. He is the risen savior. And he's the one that's coming back again to take people who not just believed, but did what they believed. The two go hand in hand. And he says this several times in these several parables. One thing you will not find Jesus say is that the kingdom of heaven is like those who had faith or those who believed. And we're going to start uh, this series on the parable of the wise and foolish virgins. And we're going to go through this and look at who are the wise and who are the foolish. Why were there Consider either or who made it into heaven, how they got in. And Matthew 25, verse one, it says the kingdom of heaven shall be like 10 virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were wise and five were foolish. Those who were foolish took the lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels and their lamps. While the bridegroom was delayed, they all slumbered and slept. Now, I want to stop right here and, and just talk about this, this real critical point. Everybody that comes into this faith, most of us, I think probably all of us, if you know, we're probably honest enough, we come into this faith and we say, you know what? We're fired up. We want to evangelize, preach, minister, do the things that God wants us to do. But ultimately, we never stay awake the whole time. We get carried off into different things. It could be a college education or uh, a type of partnership or business relationship, uh, sports. So whatever it is that we kind of fall into, we fall asleep, we slumber, and we're not completely watchful. This is, this is natural. The Bible doesn't make any, uh, it doesn't say that, some stayed awake and others fell asleep and said they all slumbered. Everybody went to sleep at, at some point as they were waiting for the bridegroom to come because it was an extended period of time. We're going to go down to verse 6. It says, at, And at midnight a cry was heard, Behold, the bridegroom is coming. Go out and meet him. And those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, give us some of your oil. Our lamps are going out. The wise answered, saying, no, lest there should not be enough oil for us and you. But go rather to those who sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came and those who were ready went in to meet him to the wedding and the door was shut. This is an obvious display of what happened with five versions who were wise and the other five who were not wise. 
And basically, they were prepared to to meet the bridegroom at midnight at an hour where really it's unexpected. It's not a time where you think you're going to meet somebody uh, for a wedding. You're going to typically meet this person in the daytime where sunshine is an expectation. But the bridegroom came at an hour, as Jesus Christ makes mention of in his ministry, when people are not going to expect it. And it was a cry that came out. This is important to look at. There was a cry that came out. There was a there was a sound. There was a noise that was made. It said the bridegroom is coming. What is the sound today? If we're looking at this in comparison to the world. Jesus talked about what the times will look like when he's coming. He said you shall hear wars and rumors of wars. There will be pestilence and famines and earthquakes in various places. And nations will rise against nations. That's the cry. That's the sign. That is the indication that the bridegroom is coming. And when the cry goes out, this is the time for the virgins to wake up and get their lights burning again and go out and meet him. Go out and do what God has called them to do. Walk towards him, not towards the world, not towards the chaos. Don't go into hiding. You know, there's. I was listening to someone talk about the economy and how everybody doesn't understand what's happening, that the crash has already begun because of inflation and things like that. I honestly believe to be even concerned the slightest bit about the economy is a distraction from the enemy. Because if that was a, something that we should be concerned about, as followers of Jesus Christ, then Christ would have made mention of that, or he would have passed it on to his disciples uh, or the Apostle Paul. But we never hear this mentioned because when you are doing God's will, when you were obedient, when your lamp is burning because you heard the cry, you, you hear the sound, you understand that he's coming, then we don't have anything to worry about when it comes to stuff like this. The Bible says that he shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. But we are caught up in the wrong thing. And ultimately it's because we're not being the wise versions. We're not being the five who had their oils and they're ready. They're ready to light them up so that we can do God's will. It's important to realize this because you know, it goes back to what I talked about the other day uh, in my last discussion about spiritual discernment. This is why we have to get into these parables and we have to look at who are, who are Jesus, who is Jesus referring to when he's talking about going to heaven. Because everybody's not going just because they say they believe. You have the virgins who all showed up and five of them were not ready. But we have to get ready. We have to do God's will. And it goes beyond saying that we believe in Jesus. In verse 11, he says, after the other virgins came also saying, Lord, Lord, open up to us. But he answered and said, surely I say unto you, I do not know you. This is Jesus talking. This is him giving a parable about the kingdom of heaven. This is him describing who is going to make it in? 
and who is not. And the ones that didn't make it in, he says that, I don't even know who you are. Now, again, they showed up with their lamps. They didn't have enough oil to burn at an hour that they weren't expecting the bridegroom to come. I believe just that slight disobedience is why the bridegroom didn't even know who those five were. Very important thing we have to look at here is that these five virgins who didn't get in, who the Lord said they didn't know, they knew the Lord was coming. They knew the bridegroom was on the way. That's why they went out there. But their, their disobedience, however slight, not being prepared, cost them the opportunity to go into and spend eternity with the bridegroom. Jesus finishes and says, Matthew 25, 13, Watch therefore for you know neither the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man is coming. He said, watch, pay attention, keep your eyes open, be ready. Well, if you're out in the dark, especially midnight, it's kind of hard to watch if you don't have any light. It's it's a lot of times impossible, especially if you don't have the if you're not out there constantly training your eyes to look in the dark, it's hard to see. It's a struggle. And God never called us to struggle in, in the dark. Christ never came so that we can have difficulty seeing at night. The Bible says that he is the light of the world. It also says that those who walk in him should never walk in darkness. Many people today are under the false idea that because they said Jesus when the bridegroom arrives they're getting in well according to this parable here the Savior spoke of that is not true so I ask you are you being obedient are you walking with your lights on in this dark season because if not there's no way to see him coming, even if they would have stayed out there in the dark when the bridegroom came, they wouldn't have known how to walk to him. They would have been hitting all kind of stuff along the way, which is what a lot of people are experiencing today. They're they're getting hit with a variety of things, and yet they say they believe. They're getting hit with mental problems, depression. Anxiety, doubt, all these array of things that are coming out, hitting them at night because the light's not on. What is the light? Not only is it Christ, but it's his word. Obedience to his word. So our obedience to doing to God, to Christ, to his word is essential. If we were looking to get into heaven. We really want to spend eternity with him. We shouldn't be hiding. We shouldn't be doomsday prepping. We should be out walking the will that he has for us, being that godly parent, evangelizing, witnessing, speaking his word, no matter what. Not giving in to the idea that maybe the world's going to turn around. 
maybe we got more time. You know, it's maybe there's another thousand years that we can have to do different things and I can get things checked off on my bucket list. A lot of people are living like that right now. We're walking with God is the one thing we don't even have to worry about. That's living in lack. And I don't just mean financially. I mean emotionally, spiritually. We shouldn't be in a desert if we're being obedient. Walking in his will. That's such an important thing to realize because, like I said, a lot of people are looking at the economy, which is expected of the world. Those who are even paying attention, it's expected to look at the economy and see inflation and become afraid and start making all these different adjustments because there's hope is really in money. They consider that their source rather than God, their source. But when Jesus was with his disciples on his way to the cross, he asked them a question. In Luke 22, 35, he said, when I sent you out without money bag, knapsack, and sandals, did you lack anything? They said nothing. They didn't have to have a, a healthy savings account or connected to the right person in a certain business or the government or whatever the case may be. They went out obedient, doing God's will, following what Christ told them to do and they had no lack such an important piece for us as believers to realize because we can end up being led astray with fear and and, and worry and anxiety and instead of doing god's will we're doing our will or the enemy's will which are really the same we're missing those key obedient actions we need to take in order to be ready when the master returns. I remember when I was working for this company, I think it was about four years, and out of nowhere, the company decided they were going to close. And it, it was I didn't put it together until later on, but it was around 2008 when the housing market crashed and there was a recession. And... I got the word come into work and, 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 and they broke the news to everybody and it was the entire company. They had, um, it was this company called AJ Wright and they had stores all over the, the country and they were doing pretty good. But the company made a decision to close and it was right before the end of the year. So, you know, a lot of people were devastated about their plans for Christmas and how they were going to have a Merry Christmas. But, Strangely enough, I had a sense of peace. I wasn't worried as I thought I would be. And when I went into work, I came out after the news and I went to my car because I unintentionally left my cell phone in the car and there was a missed call on my phone. That missed call was from a supervisor in the Army Reserve that wanted me to come work for them full time. While I saw a lot of people crying, devastated, they didn't know what they were going to do. Some people were happy because they were going to get on government assistance. They had, you know, companies closing, so there's no way they would deny them that um, unemployment. I went from not only 
being in the same boat as everybody else, but I went to another boat without missing a step. That boat actually took me up higher. It, it sprung me into me getting into uh, law enforcement for the government, both military and civilian. Some of, the, some of the most amazing things I was able to do. But in the process of that, you know, I could have been defeated. I could have looked at the situation and, and got all caught up in the economy and how I wasn't going to make it if things didn't turn around. And, and I would have found myself not doing what God called me to do, not being obedient. Mind you, this was right after I received a dismissal of, of the case where I faced 25 years in prison. I want to tell you, obedience is more important than what we see happening around us. If we want God's divine favor and protection and ultimately to enter into the joys of the master, then obedience has to take precedence over everything, over any and everything we can experience. And make no mistake, Satan knows this. That's the reason why he sends so many different theatrical experiences our way. Because if we can just deviate slightly, just a little bit, all we got to do is just take the lamps with some oil, but not enough oil for the night. Just a little, because, you know, it makes a little sense, right? Hey, I just left the oil. I had some. I figured he was going to show up. I didn't think it would be midnight. When we don't see this, we get thrown all off course. Psalms 48:11 says, The Lord God is a sun and a shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. It says, No good thing will he uphold from them that walk uprightly. To walk uprightly is to be obedient. Walk after Jesus Christ. Not only will God give you grace and glory, he will also make sure that when you get in, when, when that time comes, when the bridegroom returns, you'll get in. I, I can't stress it enough. I don't know how many times I talk to people who say they are Christians. Say, all you got to do is just say Jesus. This has been one of the biggest uh, rebuttals, I guess you want to say, or discussions or arguments that people like to have with me that I'm apparently saying something contrary to what Jesus said when I tell them that's not entirely true. Obedience is very, very important. If it wasn't, then Jesus never would have told several parables, seven parables about obedience and disobedience. He didn't ask for us to be perfect. He didn't ask for us to be without error, making bad decisions, because we all do. You look at the Bible and every single person that God ever pointed out as someone that's different from the rest of everybody else, someone who was after his own heart, every last one of them made decisions that God was not happy about. What you won't find is that these who God identified as those above everyone else didn't stay in that place of defeat, of bad choices, of disobedience. 
And this is what God is looking for, especially in this season. He's looking for those whose hearts belong to him and not this world. And you know, if your heart belongs to this world is when you look at what's going on in this world and it causes you to have a spiritual heart attack, seize up and stop doing God's will. When we have our heart in the hands of the Almighty, nothing around us matters. There's so many examples throughout the Bible of this. Every last one of them are about those who, contrary to what they were experiencing, either they kept absolute faith or they fell off and got back up. They were being obedient because they wanted to please God wanted him to be happy with what they were doing, showing what their heart really represents. Look at the story of Paul. He talked about an array of persecutions he had endured. One thing I, I loved about Paul's, uh, one of his stories was when he was in a storm, in a storm on a ship. He told the crew, that if y'all want to survive, stay on the boat. Logically, it would make perfect sense to get off that boat and get out of the storm. But Paul's obedience to God's will for his life. Though the ship fell apart, Paul and the whole crew were spared. So that's what heaven's going to look like. You're not going to look around when you get to heaven and see people who said they believe. Jesus didn't say that. You're going to look around and see people who were fearlessly, by leadership of the Holy Spirit, walking out the will of God. Fearlessly. Not worried about, well, you know, you sound like a bigot. You are, uh, you sound hateful. You don't preach love. Things that you're going to hear if you're doing God's will. You're going to hear it. I can't remember all that Jesus said throughout his ministry. I can find, I can tell you there's a consistency that when he spoke, he said things that if you say them today, it will sound like you are an unloving person. In fact, they will tell you, you don't even sound like Jesus. Perfect example is when the woman was caught in the act of adultery. He brought her before Jesus, hoping that he would condemn her said, you without sin, cast the first stone. No one was able to cast the stone, so they dropped it and left. That's the end of the story for a lot of churchgoers who say they believe. But for those who are looking to spend eternity with God and are willing to be obedient, they continue in the story where Jesus Christ said, where are your accusers? He said, I condemn thee neither. Go and sin no more. Now, you won't hear that from uh, especially the progressive church goers today, social gospel progressive ministries. They don't want to hear that part. They say, you can't say anything about sin because nobody else was able to say anything about sin. They all dropped their stones altering and adjusting the word of God to fit their own desire to keep living outside of God's will. And this is not the world. 
world doesn't care to read the Bible. These are church folks who tell you this. And Satan has done a phenomenal job convincing them that that's where the story ends with you uh, being able to tell someone don't cast a stone. The truth is, Jesus said, go and sin no more. Don't stop, go and stop doing the things that you know you're not supposed to be doing. It's like the five versions, go, hear the cry, you know it's time, you see what's happening, go and bring enough oil so you can see at night. Obedience. Without it, you're not getting to heaven. None of us are. I know how it don't it don't fit the narrative for a lot of folks today, but you know, we gotta look at who said it. Jesus Christ said it. Jesus Christ is the one who told us that if we don't do the will of the Father in Matthew 7 21, he said, We won't go to heaven where the Father is. But when we are talking to our family members, our friends, our community members, and we get into discussion about salvation and heaven and who will be there, I want to encourage you to be bold enough to tell them your belief is not enough. It's important or else we're not being obedient. If we're going to talk about heaven and salvation, then we need to give them the unadulterated truth. We can't tell them what's convenient. Because at the end of the day, truth is not convenient. The truth of God's word is not convenient. It's not. It's a challenging, narrow, and very difficult thing to apply to our own life. Truth. The truth of God's word. His absolute truth. And it's supposed to be that way. So that we can deny ourselves. Deny what we want to do. And take up our cross. Because at the end of the day, what we want is only to fulfill the flesh anyways. It's ultimately what we want, whatever it is. And it's important to know that the flesh will not spend one moment in heaven. Let's be courageous in this season as, as we continue to see that it is the time for the bridegroom to arrive. The cry has already went out a long time ago. Let's not walk around deceived or willfully naive and think that because we said Jesus that's a done deal it's important thank you Heavenly Father for allowing us to know your word your will and your way we thank you for grace and mercy we thank you for wisdom true wisdom given through your word and the understanding made known by the Holy Spirit we know that regardless of what's happening in the world today, our obedience is critical to us walking in your favor, your protection, and all that you have for us. We pray that as we continue to move, we continue to go, we continue to do, that when it's all said and done, we will be able to hear you say, well done, my good and faithful servant. In the holy name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.